Chapter 9 Richard Sparn was in the middle of his fourth argument of the week with his parents. He didn't remember the reasons for the first three. This one was about him being out late every night, not having dinner with them, not doing homework. Plus, the idiot basketball coach had called. No Richard in the gym for a long time. His father wanted to know what in the hell was going on. Richard was tempted to tell them about his good fortune, but he decided against it. They wouldn't understand. Besides, he was getting a little pissed about their prying. They were all seated around the kitchen table. It was an older house, well-built, and the room was quite large. The table was an old, reddish-brown mahogany relic. It had belonged to Richard's maternal grandparents. As far back as Richard could remember, it has always been there. It sat four comfortable and could accommodate eight if the leaf was inserted. As a child, Richard had tried to carve his initials into the tabletop, but the wood was too hard. Then, anyway. He thought about getting a knife, carving fuck you, into the wood and just walking out. He had no doubt about his ability to conquer that table now. While his parents were talking, he realized he was staring through them, looking at his drab surroundings. As a youngster, he relished the aromas wafting from his mother's creations on that big white thing that spit fire and made everything taste great. It was a fucking old stove. In fact, all of these things were old refrigerator, dishwasher, cabinets, his parents. Richard was jarred by his father's open palm slapping the table. Are you listening to us? What? Of course I'm listening. The father tempered his voice. Why aren't you shooting in the gym anymore? The kid replied in a provocative tone. For what? I thought you were going to walk on in college. No, that's over with. I have more important things to do. All emotion and animation drained from his father's face. He seemed to get smaller. In an almost beaten, cracking voice, he asked, What more important things do you have to do? Richard pushed himself away from the table. As he was standing, he said, You wouldn't understand. He slid his chair back to the table. Richard rested his hands on the dark, curved decorations at the top of the chair back. I have to go. Don't wait up for me. He turned and walked out, confident that in a short time, he wouldn't be coming back at all. His parents sat at the table for another hour. Neither of them spoke. Richard had a date, and then he intended to stop by Mr. Moffat's house. His current girlfriend, Bobby, was waiting for him when he arrived in his father's car. They had been an item for the past couple of months. As he was waiting for her to reach the car, he thought again that he hadn't been in her pants yet. Well, tonight would be put up or shut up. Petting was for kids. He was about to run a string of horrors. How would it look to the other men 
If he couldn't get in his girlfriend's pants, Bobby opened the door and slid in. She had on an above-the-knee, loose-fitting beige skirt and a hunter green, button-down man's shirt. She leaned over and kissed Richard on the side of the face. What are we doing tonight? She asked. Richard felt like saying, We're getting a room and you're putting out until my joint hurts. But he only had about 10 bucks in his pocket. Next best thing, he thought. How about the drive-in? Bobby said, sure. She expected to see a movie, make out a little, get a bite to eat afterwards, and go home. She was starting to have second thoughts about her dream boy and hoped the bad vibes would go away. He'd been different the last couple of weeks. Her friends had said arrogant. She thought moody and she hoped he would be his old self tonight. About midway through the first show, Richard reached down and flipped her skirt up to her lap. He smiled when he caught a glimpse of the soft, white underwear. Bobby was taken by complete surprise. It took her a few seconds to react and smooth down her clothes. What are you doing? Richard adopted what he thought was a tough guy stare. He was a little surprised that he could change from nice guy to bad guy so quickly, but happy because it would help him later when he would have to deal with other people in his line of work. He maintained the stare for a second or two, then said, I want those panties off now. What? Bobby said in utter disbelief. I want those panties off now and you might as well unbutton your shirt, too. Bobby began to realize that she was possibly in some danger and moved up against her passenger door. Are you crazy? Have you become some kind of rapist? The kid, still maintaining his tough guy pose, slowly addressed the young girl. If you want to stay with me, do it. Otherwise, your history. I don't usually ask twice. Bobby opened her car door and ran into the drive-in lobby. She called her mother, told her she wasn't feeling well and would be right home. She went back to Richard's car, embellished the phone call, and told him to take her home. She warned him that her parents would be contacting the police if she wasn't back in a half hour. He knew he didn't have to worry about the police. Anything could be fixed, but he took her straight home anyway. As he pulled up in front of her house, she was out of the vehicle before it came to a complete stop. The kid yelled through the slamming door, You're lost, Bobby, bitch. She only heard part of the epithet. Richard left to go to Mr. Moffat's house. Bobby went in her home. She was too embarrassed to tell anyone what had occurred. You're listening to Many Cones by Steve Listine.